Look, how will we sort out the competing views and bills involved uh, with decisions around defending Australia in the years to come? We ran a special discussion over summer on this question, as you may know, and this week it's all ramping up a notch. Two significant reviews of our defence preparedness are being handed to Defence Minister Richard Miles. Not that we'll all hear much about their detail just yet. That's due in March, which could be a bring-the-popcorn moment. Then yesterday, another review was ordered into defence industry policy by the relevant Minister Pat Conroy. And the whole question of our sovereignty, our independence in foreign and defence policy just bubbles along. The former Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull worrying about whether the August deal compromises our sovereignty. Billions are at stake and all this activity has prompted intense manoeuvring and delicate diplomacy and a lot of salesmanship too around the world, much of it behind the scenes, though Minister Miles and Foreign Minister Penny Wong have clearly been in the overt thick of it overseas this week. We've invited a man who can join the dots to inform Saturday Extra listeners. Andrew Tillett covers defence issues for the Australian Financial Review. Welcome. Thank you, Geraldine. Good morning. Two things, very late developments. Senator Conroy announcing the new review into defence industry policy and the former Prime Minister, Malcolm Turnbull, saying Labor has failed to answer if the AUKUS deal compromises Australian sovereignty. Now, um, they were quite significant developments, I thought. Yes, indeed. Uh, we, we sort of, in the last few years, defence industry policy had sort of moved from the days of protectionist sort of sentiment sort of feelings to this idea of sovereignty, the idea that um, that we need to be able to do things here in Australia but in case we're cut off from sort of our supply chain, i.e. usually America, and then of conflict and things like that. But also that gives us control over sort of key weapons and systems that our, that our military uses, that, that basically we need to be able to control these, have access to them at all times. So really since 2016 white paper, this has really been a big focus of, of what we're trying to get our defence industry to do. And we're now in the point where particularly with AUKUS, with the nuclear submarines, there's this real tension starting to emerge because we don't have a nuclear industry in this country, obviously. We're going to be reliant upon the Americans and the British for what will be our most potent capability in coming decades. And there's a real sort of sense of how do we try and accommodate that? How do we try and make sure that if if things really go pear-shaped, we can stand on our own two feet to to operate these weapons and platforms. Yeah, well, that was what the former Prime Minister sort of said yesterday. The question is, can they be operated, sustained and maintained by Australia without the support or supervision of the US Navy? If we do need their support, then we have lost our sovereign capabilities. It would be shared with the US and that that would be a momentous change which has not been acknowledged, let alone debated. Do you think he has a point? Yes, well, I mean, we're going to have these wonderful new weapons in the nuclear-powered submarines, which, you know, everyone tells us are the most advanced sort of undersea platforms that we can have. But there is that big sort of cloud over, essentially, it's like asking your parents to borrow the keys to the car, almost. We'll get reactors for the submarines. We're sort of being told, oh, look, we don't really need a domestic nuclear industry because they're all going to come in a box and and we'll just plug them into our submarines that we build in Adelaide and away we go for 30 years. And around issues like refueling them, but, you know, just the general maintenance, we'll have to sort of have our own homegrown industry 
Otherwise, we can't really rely on the Americans to come and fix us if, if things are going really badly um, or the British in those, in those circumstances. The training, the, the tech transfer that will be required will be quite huge. But even so, we, we won't really control the this technology. Yeah, well, see, this is the fascinating part of this discussion, which, you know, we're really very in the very early stages of. And of course, this is the sort of thing that the former Prime Minister Paul Keating feels quite strongly about. And I notice Richard Miles, the Defence Minister, gave you an extraordinary quote, just again, really doubling down, saying that this deal with AUKUS, particularly about the nuclear subs in particular, was sort of akin to, it was of the scale of the Snowy Mountain Scheme in terms of importance. So he's in no doubt about this, is he? Absolutely. And the, the sums of money are required is one thing, but the scale of the industry that will need to be built up here. I mean, you, you think about in the last week how we, we all went into conniptions over losing that little radioactive pellet in Western Australia. And <laughs> and the I really don't think it, uh, the Australians have an idea of the, the, the scale of what's actually going to be required, particularly in our major cities like Perth and Adelaide, where these submarines will be based largely and then built Let's go to a couple of the things that have happened. The visit to the UK seemed particularly, I don't know, purposeful. The UK officials, from what I could read, seem to be trying especially hard to butter us up, if I can be <laughs> colloquial about it. You know, they clearly want to buy into the quad that we're involved in and AUKUS even, which has prompted a response from the Chinese. Now, what do you make of all this? Even speaking of something called a NATO light structure, which was from this Toby Elwood, who's a Defence Select Committee Chair and a former Royal Green Jacket soldier. What do you make of all this? We've sort of got all the various different strands running through with AUKUS. You know, like for Australia, it was a chance to find our submarine solution. For the British, though, particularly in the post-Brexit environment, they've been really keen to sort of engage globally, particularly in the Indo-Pacific here, and, and, and show that global horizon. And they sort of see AUKUS as a vehicle to do that. And the Quad as well, you know, they're interested in maybe becoming part of the Quad to sort of project. It's a long way from home the, for them, isn't it? it well, it didn't, didn't used to be, as, a, as I think Betty Wong pointed out. They see this as a, as a, as a chance to sort of show that, you know, they're not a North Atlantic or a European power, that they have global intentions. But also, too, from the industrial side of things, there's always been this sort of bit of a question mark about, well, what are the Brits really going to do in this? You know, the default position for Australian defence forces to like buy American when it comes to to come to well, kit and, and we are building with them in Glasgow. Let's move on to uh, the meeting with Defence Minister Austin from the US. His opposite number, uh, Richard Miles. Now, this is quite a complicated discussion, including. Very blunt interventions, for instance, by a Florida Republican man, Neil Dunn, asserting that the US Navy should not cooperate with a Perth defence manufacturer, Austal, who's building some patrol boats and other ships because there could be some sort of leakage to the Chinese. I mean, this is hardly um, <laughs> nice behaviour between allies, is it? Ah, with friends like this who needs enemies. Um, first of all, Austal, Perth. It's been there for many decades, been a long-standing supplier to the Australian Navy. In the last few years, it, it's it's probably one of the little, you know, success stories that we don't really know about in this country, but Austell set up shop in Alabama and they've been building for the American Navy. A real sea change, you know, usually like typical with America, it's all about, you know, we've got to buy American mm. weapons, platforms, all that sort of thing. Very hard for a, for a foreign company to get a look in there. 
there's Austell, this little Aussie upstart that's sort of managed to secure some quite significant and lucrative US defence contracts. Now, of course, you, you put a bit of a target on yourself, though, with these sorts of things. And this congressman, Neil Dunn, as my uh, colleague Matt Cranston a couple of weeks ago sort of interviewed him about, he's raising questions about Austell and a, and a partnership it used to have with a, a Chinese shipbuilder. And sort of the insinuation is that the Chinese have managed to Winkle weasel secrets. Yeah. <laughs> I might secrets add, Dr. Are... Dr. Dunn's constituency houses a rival shipbuilder to the Austell people. So, I mean, this is straight out competition, <laughs> isn't it? And I Fancy see the that. former Defence Minister Linda Reynolds come out fast to defend Austell. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, fancy that, you know, someone standing up for their um, district. I mean, it, the American defence contracting system, it's all, you know, pork barrelling central sort of thing. Okay. In terms of around the grounds, the last, how are we involving ourselves with the French? Because that was also part of the Wong Miles visit. Yeah, they paid a quick visit to Paris before they, they got to the, to the UK. It's sort of the latest little step in the um, patching things up with Paris. They actually had the first face-to-face meeting, Defence and Foreign Ministers, you know, since the AUKUS bust up 18 months ago. And um, they announced um, sort of a kind of a, a strange sort of little partnership with the French that we would be making gunpowder and they would be making shells and we'd put them together and we'd be giving them to the Ukrainians, which um, really a hard way of doing things. But in a practical sense, it's um, just what the Ukrainians need. I mean, um, they, they badly need ammunition. This is a bit of, I guess, creative thinking about trying to supply them with something okay. that they really need day to day. So it's, you know, perhaps it's a little small step. It's not a $90 billion contract like the submarines were, but it may be, you know, a bit of goodwill all around, um, something all right. to sort of take forward. Okay. Well, Andrew, thank you. It's quite a brew. I appreciate you bringing us up to date. No worries. Andrew Tillett, who's defence writer for the Financial Review. And look, while we're on these matters, my condolences to the family of Richard Woolcott, who died this week. He was really a giant of Australian diplomacy. He was 95, uh, former head of the Foreign Affairs Department, ambassador to the UN, Indonesia and the Philippines. He'd seen an amazing amount of life. Um, He was very good company, offered very good insights on this program over the years. So uh, that was a life well lived, I think. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.